Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm Dr. Catherine Pang, and it's so great to share this time together. Welcome to The Living Way, the podcast ministry of the Christian Life Institute, and the Christian Life Institute's purpose to grow Christians forward, to live victoriously as overcomers in, but not of the world, through the hope and healing of Christ. If you miss any of our messages, you can find a link and more information on our website at christianlifeinstitute.com. Our podcasts are available on Thursdays. Please subscribe to our mailing list on our website, christianlifeinstitute.com, to receive notifications about our podcasts, blogs, and other events at CLI. As we begin, you may want to grab a Bible and follow along as we share scripture throughout our time together. Our message today is titled, The Love of the Father is Our Love. There are two types of love found in the New Testament. The first word group, philo, refers to emotional love, the love of friendship and feeling. An example of this love is found in John 15, 19, and I quote, If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. The second type of love is found in verses such as 1 John 4, 19, and I quote, We love because he first loved us. The word group, agape, refers to will love an act of willed self-sacrifice for the good of another. First <clears throat> John 4, 8 reminds us, and I quote, Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. God's love means with God eternally gives himself to others. We understand by this that God's nature is self-giving for the benefit of others. The love of God was active even for creation in the Trinity. In John 17, 24, we read, and I quote, To see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. We see that there was love from the Father to the Son from all eternity. In John 3, 35, we read, and I quote, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand, which tells us that this love continues at the present time. In summary, then, what we have is a picture of God whose love, even in eternity past, even before the creation of anything that is, is entirely other-focused and other-oriented. Self-giving love characterizing the Trinity finds expression in God's relationship to mankind and even to sinful man. God's love is demonstrated by the sacrifice of the Son. In 1 John 4, 9 and 10, we read, and I quote, God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Paul writes in Romans 5, 8, and I quote, God shows his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John also writes, as we're very familiar in John 3, 16, and I quote, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God has a special kind of love for those he foreknew. In Deuteronomy 7, 6, and 8 in the Old Testament, we read, and I quote, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand 
and redeemed you from the house of slavery from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. In Romans 8:29, we read, and I quote, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. <clears throat> and in 1 Peter 1, 2, we read, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Our God, more than anything, wants a relationship with his highest creation because he loves us and desires to glorify himself through us. We glorify the Father when we obey the Son. John 15:10 reminds us, and I quote, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And in John fourteen fifteen, we read, and I quote, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If we obey him, we will remain in his love. John fifteen nine says, and I quote, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And in Jude 21, Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Is the character of love in you? Here's some ways we can find out. Let's take a careful look at the character and fruit of love from God's most precious word by examining some passages. We already read 1 John 4:19. We love because he first loved us. John 14, 15 through 24, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live. You also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. 1 Corinthians thirteen four through 7 Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. John 13, 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. 1 Corinthians sixteen fourteen, Let all that you do be done in love. <clears throat> 1 Peter 4, 8 Above all, keeping love one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. John thirteen thirty four through 35 a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And there are so many more. <clears throat> God's idea of love will 
equip us, empower us to appreciate our brothers and sisters in the Lord, and of course our family and others around us. Love is taking the initiative to build up and meet the needs of others without expecting anything in return. Love desires to seek and apply what God has to say. It also runs the full spectrum from romanticism and the quest for personal satisfaction to God and the meaning of life. And when you have the wrong idea and definition of love, it will adversely impose on you and will affect all areas of your life. What love is not is as important as what love is. The opposite of love is hate, lust, disgust, disdain, disappointment, and so much more. It covers the areas from disliking people who are different to deliberately seeking malice and destruction of what the Lord has for us. Not having real love will leave you empty and alone. Now take a moment and ask yourself some ouch questions. How do I exhibit love in my daily life? What can I do to develop a more loving attitude? What blocks love from being expressed in me and flowing from me to others? How can I make love function better, stronger, and faster, even in times of uncertainty and stress? Now think through the steps you will choose to take to put love into action in a specific instance or to improve the outflow of love in your life. Consider examples such as a person who is grumpy with you at work or a distant relative or a neighbor with whom you feel tension and distress. How can you display the love of Christ to that person? Love is a choice that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that love is more than a feeling. It has segments and character to it. To love, to exhibit the love of Christ, the matter, the externalities is a choice and a decision which one must choose to pursue and grow in one's life. Love is essential to the lifestyle who is Christ. Love is essential to our relationship with Christ. Love is essential to our relationship with others. If we never choose to make love a character commitment, we are prone to act from a place of fleshly self-interest. Love is a verb. It requires action that is implied for being a verb, action to do something with it. What are you doing with love? Are you placing the precepts of 1 Corinthians 13 into action with all people in your life? If not, what is in the way of your choosing to prioritize the verb action of love? Love is also an attitude that is followed by action. What does it mean to have an attitude of love? Philippians 2.5 says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. He had an attitude of humility, an attitude of love, an attitude of sacrifice, an attitude of service. God's love must be our model for life. It must flow into us from Christ and in return flow out from those to those around us. God's love is the ultimate power for the Christ follower. We are to desire to be fueled and empowered by love in all situations. Christ-centered love is the turning into others, an expression of grace, mercy, compassion, and forgiveness. It's a surrender of our will to his because if love does not take us beyond our self-interest then as the passage of 1 Corinthians 13:3 would say 
we become just a noise that has no reason or purpose. Out of true love, God the Father gave us his Son, and the Son gave his life and replacement for ours. The Son sent the Spirit to give us power that we could be consumed with extreme joy and gratitude for what God has done for us and continues to do in us. Remember John thirteen thirty four, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Why are people so hard to love? There are so many reasons and so little time. People, we, unless we're exempting ourselves from this accusation, probably not wise, are messy, complicated, imperfect. Can we just agree to bucket whatever list of grievances we have into the word flawed? People, yes, that includes you and me, are flawed. How do you love a flawed person? After all, flawed people are sometimes unstable, unpredictable, grumpy, impatient, unkind, okay, mean, ugly, vicious, now do you see why we are just using a bucket word flawed? Let's not get ourselves all riled up and stirred up and stir up those well-rested resentments. Let's just go with flawed. So how do you love your water bottle or coffee cup? And if you don't know what that means, you may want to read the blog from March 18th, 2021. Yes, quite a while ago, because that's a great question. How do you love the challenging people in your life? Let's start with some basics. As in all our discussions, it starts with a choice. If we base Jesus' command to love one another on our feelings, it's highly probable that we will find it not only hard to love, but fail at fulfilling his commandment. If we base Jesus' command to love one another on our human ability, it's highly probable that we will find it not only hard to love, but fail at fulfilling his commandment. If we base Jesus' command to love one another on our past, it is highly probable that we will find it not only hard to love, but fail at fulfilling his commandment. However, but God, if we base Jesus' command to love one another on his work in us, it becomes highly probable that we will find it easier to love and succeed in fulfilling his commandment. Loving one another flows from allowing Christ's healing love to flow in and through us, in and through you. It begins with a desire to want to be different, to be changed, to be healed by His grace and forgiveness. Do you want to be changed by His healing and transforming love? If so, allow Him, ask Him to love you in a way that is new and all-embracing so that you can be a vessel from which his love flows forth to others. So what are some practical ways we can love others? We can make time to pray. As Jesus in Matthew 5.16 often withdrew to lonely places to pray. Praying is one of the most powerful ways we can love one another. Jesus commanded us to love our enemies, yes our enemies, and pray for those who persecute you in Matthew 5.44. We can forgive. We cannot love well with unforgiveness and resentment in our hearts. In Mark 11:25, we read, And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. We can allow the fruit of the Spirit to flow from us, from you. 
As we read in Galatians 5:22 through 23, we read, Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We can ask the Lord to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit within you so they can flow into the lives of others. We can choose not to judge or compare. This is one of the surest ways we can fall into jealousy, insecurity, enmity with one another. We read in Matthew 7, 1 through 5, and I quote, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce you will be judged, and with the measure you use will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And in Galatians 6, 4 through 5, we read, and I quote, Don't compare yourself with others. Just look at your own work to see if you have done anything to be proud of. You must each accept the responsibilities that are yours. And we can seek opportunities to be of service. Instead of waiting for someone to serve you, choose to serve them. In Galatians 5.13, we read, and I quote, You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Finally, as you may be familiar with 1 Corinthians 13.4-7, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hope all things, endures all things. What can we practically glean from these verses? Love does not envy or boast. Love does not flow from pride. See 1 Corinthians 5, 6. Love is not arrogant or rude. Love does not flow from pride. See Romans 12, 3. Love does not insist on its own way. Love does not have to be right or prove a point. See Romans 2.8. Love is not irritable. Love does not flow from anger, frustration, and irritation. See James 1.19. Love does not reject at wrongdoing. Love forgives. See Romans 15.7. What love is? Love is patient and kind. Patience and kindness are fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5.22. Love rejoices with the truth, and Jesus is truth, and the Spirit guides you into all truth from John 14.6 and John 16.13. Love bears all things through Christ bearing our burdens as we read in Matthew 11.28-30. We can bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ as we read in Galatians 6.2. Love believes all things, from Romans 15, 13. Love hopes all things, Romans 12, 12. Love endures all things, Romans 5, 3 through 4. Let us choose to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you, as we read in Ephesians 4, 32. Let us choose to let our love be genuine. Let us abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good from Romans 12, 9. Let's be available and accessible. Let's be a help and not a hindrance. Remember what love is not. 
is as as important as what love is. Be aware that what will be held accountable and even judged on what we do not do or refuse to see when sin and pride are in the way. Let us choose to love through the love of Christ. In Christ, we can love as Christ loved and loves and will love us, you. The purpose of the Christian Life Institute is palpable. We want all who profess Christ to taste and see that the Lord is good from Psalm 34, 8. To want Christ truly, deeply, intimately, and personally be your all in all. We pray this is a time of refreshment and growth. Thank you for joining us for The Living Way, presented by the Christian Life Institute. Our podcasts are available on Thursdays. Please subscribe to our mailing list on our website, christianlifeinstitute.com, to receive notifications about our podcasts, blogs, and other events at CLI. We value your prayers. We value your support. Please send any emails to admin at christianlifeinstitute.com. I'm Dr. Katherine Pang. Thank you so much for joining us.